Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're momming today with Rachel Campus Duffy. Hi, Fox viewers. The nation knows her well. Yeah. <laughs> you ha- tell me about your your mom show on Fox Nation. Well, first of all, congratulations on your podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be on it. Um, I have a show on moms. Um, we can't get enough of moms, right? <laughs> I'm actually intimidated talking to you <laughs> no. as a mom because you have four times as many children as I do. Yeah, but you look four times better after you have a baby. <laughs> I've seen you. You can't even I'm tell. just going to take the compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so mom, my mom show is, you know, it's kind of evolving. So sometimes we've done shows where we bring moms together to talk about really important topics. One of my favorite was when we brought um, uh, Border Patrol moms and Angel moms together. But some of our topics are just um, mommy topics and parenting topics. Like we just did one that's going to come out soon on the college admission scandals and but it really wasn't just about like what happened in that scandal, but we brought in an, a, a, a mom who is an expert in admissions, used to work in admissions herself, and advises families on it. So parents could, who are, have kids that are going through college, um, admissions and, and applications can get an idea of you know, what to expect and um, what mistakes we're making as parents. Uh, and some of those mistakes can put people in jail, as you saw in that yeah. one. But, you know, just some of the expectations and managing that and 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 what's worth spending money on in terms of tutoring and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really informative. It's great. Do you feel because you have kids in all the age groups yeah. that when you hear um, a mom complain or give advice that you don't agree with, you kind of just try to like shut your mouth. Oh, no, I'm a total big mouth. I'm a big mouth. I tell people what I think, but I try and be really gentle about it because I don't want to feel judged as a mom. I'm I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Um, I think we all want to hear advice as moms um, um, and learn from people. I'm really a big believer in mommy mentors. So even when I was a young mom with young kids, I made an effort to look around at other moms to go, which are the ones I would look at their kids and go, which are the ones that are kind of turning out great kids and which are the ones that seem calm and sort of um, have it look like they have it together. And I can tell in the product, the kid that it's actually working. And, and I've, I've, I gravitate towards them and I try and get information from them. And, and one of those people was my sister-in-law. Um, and there were so many things that she was doing with her kids in terms of listening to them. And I don't know. And, and she did turn out awesome kids. So she was kind of a mommy mentor to me. There, I had a couple, actually. I'm thinking of, I think that's a great way to put it, looking at the product of if the lady is going to be a mommy mentor to see if they should be. Right. I'm thinking of my kids. Would I ever be a mommy mentor? You will. Maybe not. <laughs> well, you can be my mommy mentor. Oh, you are my so mommy sweet. mentor. Um, that I did do one of the episodes of Mom. Yes, you, you did. Yes, you, know you did. You were my first episode. Oh, okay. You were my first episode. We did Fox Moms. Um, I got so many comments on that. Really? From viewers. Yeah. Good. Great. People are watching. Yay. Yay. 
And uh, you, had, you were, your perspective was so good because you just had a baby. And what was so great about that panel is everybody had kids in different ages and, mm-hmm. and everyone could relate to something that one of you were saying. And, and moms, there's so many working moms in it. And at Fox, you know, um, the company's really great about, uh, for, at least for me, they've been really great about, you know, my, my family and my needs. But there's still a lot of demands um, on, on us as working moms. That's the struggle. Yeah. Struggle. And I was just at um, dinner with, you know, a bunch of friends and one of the women there was new to the group and she's a stay at home mom. And we looked at her and we were like, we're sorry yeah. <laughs> because she doesn't get a break. That's all we meant right. by yeah, it. Like, yeah, you, yeah. We get to go to work that, that in a way that's a, a mental break, if you will. There is a mental um, break in that. I was an at home mom for 14 years and then I, I started uh, working and, and we talked about that on the show too, on that show, Lauren, that we did together that there are challenges in both of them, mm-hmm. you know, and there's probably more guilt associated with working. And that, that was a new thing for me when I started working. Uh, but I don't think being an at-home mom or a working mom makes you a better mom. But I will say that being an at-home mom gave me more opportunities for do-overs with my kids. Because we all want do-overs, right? I mean, we all you know, wish we handled a certain moment better. And when you have less moments, you have less room for error, right? Right. But when you're home all day and you make a mistake at, you know, 10 a.m., you probably get another opportunity, you know, by 2 (laughs) o'clock to redo it. And that those moments together become less, um, I don't want to say precious, but like less um, stressful in the sense that, you know, when you don't have as much time, you want every moment to to, to count. Speaking of stressful – being a working mom is stressful because it's constantly negotiating. Yeah. You know, I okay, I need to be home to take so-and-so to this, um, so I have to get this work assignment done much faster. Or I need to tell this person we're changing the meeting because this came up at home. And then when you're home, it's like let's make everything at night go faster because mommy's got to wake up in the morning. Right. It's stressful. Yeah, and you have an early morning well, too. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, regardless of your hours because yeah. you're it's one person being – yeah. Two different people. So to I w- two different important families, if you will, your work family and your totally. There's home. Th- absolutely there's a lot of demands. I I think that having teenagers in some ways has been really helpful with my rides. <laughs> I know <laughs> I have two chauffeurs. So and so to baseball. Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I you know I have a kid in hockey and I can't stand going to the hockey rink because I'm from, cold. They're cold. Exactly. Thank you, Lauren. I because I'm from Wisconsin. No one understands me, but I'm originally from. Arizona. Okay, that and explains so, it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, the whole hockey thing, I'm happy to support him in it, but I honestly don't enjoy it as much um, as I probably should. I'm not, I'm not a good hockey mom. And um, so I have, a, I have a son who will, you know, drive him over there. And actually, the son who plays hockey has an aunt who loves it. And she's kind of become his surrogate hockey mom and does the away trips with him. And so I do think that sometimes as moms, we kind of put a lot on ourselves and we forget we can delegate. Um, but it does help to have a tribe <laughs> when you want to delegate. <laughs> I like these words, mommy mentors, delegate tribes. <laughs> comes with experience. Um, you're in politics. Yeah. Your husband, you have your own viewpoints. Um, how, how does that affect your children in terms of what people who might disagree with what their parents have to say, say to them at school. So there's a lot of positive 
and there's a lot of negative. And what uh, Sean and I have tried to do is where there are positive experiences that can enrich them and 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 they can learn from, we try and make that happen. So I don't feel bad at all taking the kids out of school because mm-hmm. there's something happening in D.C. that I want them to see or be part of or some event. Um, so that's that's been a real positive. Just today, this morning, uh, my my 17 year old son is at a youth conference, a conservative youth conference called Young America's Foundation, and he was asked to speak. It's the first time he gets. So my husband's with him in D.C. and it's the first time he's like on a conservative panel in D.C. with an audience. And so those are experiences that I don't think my son. I certainly didn't have those experiences at 17. So those are really great. But there is a burden that comes with political um, children, um, offspring, and there is more pressure. Um, Oftentimes, teachers tend to be more liberal. And there are when things happen at school, you can't help but wonder, was it because of the incident? Or did my husband's and my politics play into that? And you feel bad. I'll say like, as uh, when my oldest graduated, we did an exit interview with her. Like, what have we done well? What have we done bad? <laughs> what have we done bad? What should we have done different? And one of the things that came out in the little exit interview before she went to college was I didn't get how much they had felt um, observed and judged maybe a little bit by community, by school, by teachers, like that there's an extra scrutiny on them. And that's mm-hmm. something uh, you know that I'm be- trying to become more aware of because she made me aware of it. Yeah. Hmm. They're lucky to have you as parents, but I, yeah, you know, it's not perfect, you know. And um, but you, you try and I told you we we have a lot of chances to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of patience too. Um, do you? Ha, there's there's issues that I think all families struggle with, um, and this will get us to technology and toys because sure, um, this is. A big topic. Something that we've been talking about in other podcasts too. And it goes twofold. You know, everyone says the kids are on the phones too much, mm-hmm. yet we're the ones giving them the phones. because And we're on the phones and, all the and time. And we're on the phones yeah. all the time too for all sorts of reasons. And you, how, how do you deal with this? Because I'm assuming yeah. your oldest is how old? She's 19, so she's in college. I can't control her anymore. <laughs> I, I'm really thinking though, there weren't smartphones 19 years ago, right? You didn't have to deal with. No, so I, I I saw the progress, the progression of even my own. I mean, when I for, yeah. had my first child, I didn't have a phone for yeah, probably the 10 iPhone years. was 2007, I believe. Yeah, the iPhone came yeah, out in 2007. Yeah, I got married in 99. I didn't have a phone for 10, 10 years. Um, and you were happy I, as a clam. I was fine. How'd you meet up with friends? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or drive places. <laughs> or know when someone wants to get picked up. Or, you know, like, yeah, we, we become so dependent on it. Um, we... We have a 12-year-old son who has a flip phone, and he's the hockey kid. And I wouldn't have given it to him except he's been forgotten <laughs> so many times. Poor kid. Where, like, the coach has to go, Some, please pick this kid up. Um, so, so then you call your other teenager, your chauffeur, <laughs> yeah, to get him. Chauffeur, you forgot. Um, no, but I gave him a flip phone. So he can't do anything other than text us and call us on that phone. Um, my... 15-year-old daughter, I think it's interesting. The girl's use of phone is very different than the boy's use of phones. That's interesting. Yeah. And so the girls are, the teenage girls, they do a lot of like 
watching mindless makeup videos on, you know, Instagram and YouTube. And I'm shaking my head. Yeah, I know. And rolling and, my eyes. And Dr. Pimple Popper, she's obsessed with that, which which got me a little obsessed with it too. Um, but so and there's a lot a lot more of that and there's also a lot more drama around it. So, mm. you know, if the some friends are having a party and she wasn't invited, um, you know, it's it's different than when we were kids. We might find out about it on Monday, but we didn't have to watch it through the weekend as they post stuff, you know? Yeah. So there's a Absolutely. little more drama around it. Um, with the boys, um, they I find my son is um, – he was a lot more self-monitoring until he got a girlfriend. And then it was like we really had to go give us the phone at night because he was on the phone all night with yeah. the girl. So, I mean, that, that kind of stuff happens. What scares me about um, – the, the girls with the phones is the pictures that they take. Yeah. Um, you know, Erica, one of the makeup artists here. Yeah. Um, she shows me her daughter's friends. We're both from Staten Island. Yeah. New York, same hometown. Yeah. So it, it's kind of, yeah. I feel like I know all of these yeah. people. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with these pictures, but these are young girls yeah. posing sexy. Yeah. Not overly sexy, but I, I always say to her, and I, I think for when my daughter's older, when you're applying for a job, when you're, you know, Someone is going to look through your social media yeah. and not like this pose. Yes, you have clothes on, but it's just inappropriate or it's not right. necessary. There's, there's just I, a lot of narcissism too. Like I'll be in the car yeah. and see my oldest daughter. My, it's funny. My 15-year-old doesn't do it um, really much, but my oldest daughter. It's well, the personality. She, yeah, she'll just be put the, put the picture. You should put the, we're, I'm driving. We're looking forward. And all of a sudden, she's next to me, and she's, like, got a duck face on, and she's taking a picture of herself. And I'm like, why? I know. Why is that? So why? What does she say? She just – I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, stop, Mom. You know, it's like – Putting it on my Snapchat feed, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. story, sorry. Right. I know. So she shows me these pictures, and I'm just like, oh. I cringe. I cringe. Yeah. <laughs> you have to explain to someone that that might not be the but best look for them. But maybe it's changing so much that oh. – and there's so many girls doing that that there won't be a need to explain it because every employer <laughs> – I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Read out everybody who does that because – We were looking for yeah. nannies and I was looking at social media and I – That's I, so interesting. I weeded that out because yeah. I said I don't – you know. Yeah, that's a great way to – We'd have like a bad nanny. <laughs> I guess. I, no, it's not. It's not. I just, you know, that was kind of like my parameter. Could be wrong. I'm sure somebody But you're right. There, whether, whether it's true or not, we can't help but judge what we're seeing on that. Right. And you on gave that. me that to judge. Like yeah. you put that out there. That's so right. So you could have this crystal clean social media page and not be like that at all. Right. But, sure. You know, sure. I understand this could backfire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so the phones and technology, that's a problem for all sorts of reasons all through these stages and the ages of a kid's life. Um, we spoke with Steve Passier. He's the CEO of the Toy Association. Mm-hmm. And he said, the toys that you play with as a kid often shape the person that you become when you're an adult. He said that's he was a good negotiator because he would always swap for the best G.I. Joe. Have you noticed anything like that? No, but I do. My husband plays Monopoly with the kids a lot. And... Um, and he's a ruthless Monopoly player, and they've all kind of become kind of ruthless little uh, property hoarders on their Monopoly game. Um, I I don't know. I mean, like my my two year old, my two year old, almost three year old. Every all the kids above him are girls, so he plays with Barbies. So you know, who knows what's going to happen there? 
I, I would say we did a um, show on on my on Fox Moms about technology, and we had this fascinating guest on who wrote a book called The Enchanted Hour, and basically her whole book went through the science and the anecdotal evidence of the power of reading aloud to your child. And so what was interesting is she took our conversation about technology, which was like what we don't like about it, what the rules that we want to put around it, and she just presented reading aloud to your children from infancy up until, you know, even as a family and and much older kids as an anecdote for tech. So she was she showed the science of how our attention span is getting shorter and shorter, um, all the sort of effects of tech, but that reading aloud, having that space in your house and in your life where you're bonding with your kids, where you're um, connecting over a common book, mm-hmm. a common idea. Something and physical that you can touch and turn the pages. Too. Turn the pages and, and you're reading the same thing and you're reacting to the same thing and that slowing down in your house and sh- and, and, and not letting TV and tech interfere with that hour. Like I loved her title, The Enchanted Hour. And it was very inspirational. I realized when – I mean I read to my kids but I used to read a lot more to my kids. Mm-hmm. And so after I did that episode – you know, we had started Treasure Island and then like last summer. Oh, like a real book. Yeah, like a real book okay, I'm thinking <laughs> and a like... classic <laughs> at that. Um, I'm thinking kids books. No, no. We had started Treasure Island and then kind of like after chapter four, just, you know, we just kind of left it. So we picked it back up and now we're, 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 we're reading it again. And it was just such a great reminder that, you know, it's not just tech that's the problem. It's the things that we used to naturally do that we've left by the wayside. That's and we can just bring it back. And, you know, the tech might find its own balance organically if we just bring back some of the things that we used to just sort of do naturally. And did she suggest the best time to read together? Or She said, you know, whatever time works for you. But you know what was interesting because you have little ones um, – they, she she talked about this study in her book where they you know they they couldn't do it with little ones because when they're too little they couldn't do the study because they have to like right. attach nodes and stuff to their mm-hmm. heads to figure out what's going on in their brains, but they did it for like toddlers to five year olds, and when there was reading a book was fine, but um, and by the way they put videos and screen time and and movies and the brain waves were like blank flat nothing. Mm-hmm. If it was a video game or if it was a movie or a cartoon, flat. Wow. Reading a book was great, but the best was re- for that age group, if you saw a picture book and you were being read read the picture book, the brain was just firing up. And so we forget that, you know, our children need this kind of feeding of their brains and that kind of um, for their own development and that sc- screen time is not a substitute for brain development, um, which is which was it was good to see that study. When Toys R Us went out of business, people were affected. I, I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew Toys R Us had problems for a long time. Yeah, we come had, on, we're all buying mm-hmm. our toys on Amazon.com, right? But when they announced that they were shutting their doors, I, I live by a lot of Toys R Uses, and we went into like all of them. 
they were crowded because people just needed to go one last time. Right. There weren't even huge discounts, but people needed to buy something. Mm-hmm. And then it was the loss of your childhood, your own childhood. Right. The like loss nostalgia. Of, it was nostalgia. Um, and and that, that's resonated with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what toys were popular in, in the Duffy household. Well, my so I'm one of those moms that when she had her first girl tried to like do the no Barbies thing. Oh, and that didn't work, did yeah, it? no, it, it well, it worked with the first, <laughs> and then you know, as you get busier and busier, and they're they, wait, wait, they hold on, is the first one with the duck lips in the pictures when you're yeah, <laughs> she didn't yes. like Barbie, no, she liked Barbies, oh. but I didn't, I was like, oh, gotcha. Barbie's, uh, you know. You know, I wanted her to play with dolls, and I would, you know, go and and make the expensive American doll purchases that then they never played with, and um, so eventually, the more I mean, I have, I have five girls. The youngest girl plays exclusively with Barbies. Um, like her first doll was a Barbie, and they have tons of them. And I just kind of let it go. So Barbie was a big deal. And Barbie, when I was a little girl, was all I wanted to. Yeah. So I thought, you know, with the first, I tried to be like, you know, I'm going to do things differently, and you know, but it didn't work. And so Bar- Barbies bring back a lot of memories um, for me. And I used to play Monopoly with my with my kids, uh, with my siblings as well. And my mm-hmm. kids love to play Monopoly. Um, so so yeah. I think those are the toys. Can your kids just sit and play with the toy? Or oh, yeah. Do they're able to do Hours. that, that I mean, unstructured play. Yeah, and I tell you, at, when I was an at-home mom, and even now, because a lot of my time is, I mean, I, I kind of come into New York, you know, two to three times a month, and then I'm I'm back home. Um, my favorite, most um, treasured moments are I'm in the house, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning the kitchen, and I can look over and just see them playing. Um, it, it, Can and, you feel me like breathing with like envy right now? <laughs> I love it. It's me. How did you and get I that record to it. Um, What do you mean? I c- cook almost every night and clean the kitchen with one kid like hanging on my leg <laughs> and the other one be like, Mommy, come here. I have to show you this. And I'll take out every toy I can think of. Like, look, play with this. And it doesn't work. I have a big basket of Barbies and I have a little you know, cubby room in the dining room and they just pull that out and, um, you know, they, they play for hours with the Barbies. Um, so jealous. they do, they do love that. Now the, as they get older, you know, like now my, um, soon to be, um, 11 year old, uh, daughter, she's, you know, likes to draw. So she'll pull out crayons and they love to draw. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they, they've, they just kind of, uh, they kind of like that. Now, they also love to watch movies. I have to watch They seem relaxed. They're pretty relaxed. Right. The the other issue that I think, and you might have um, explored this on Moms too, the programming of kids. You know, they have swim classes from this time, nap time is now, snack time is now, play date at this time, that they're never allowed to just be. I never had a schedule with my kids. I never had a nap time. Yeah. I, it was always so weird to me. Me neither, by the way. I, I'm not scheduled. I'm not a very super scheduled person either. So, like, I remember going to play dates, you know, when I was, you know, a young mom even. And I don't do play dates anymore. Like, there's so many kids. I don't need to go to you don't play need, dates you at my house. 24-7. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but when I was little, I would do that. And I would see all these moms that would say, you know, oh, it's it's nap time, it's 11, whatever, and or whatever the time was. And I just was sort of confused. I just My kids just went to sleep when they felt tired, and I was fine with that. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I'm kind of like that anyway. But in terms of extracurricular, I am 
somebody who really doesn't like to have a lot of scheduling. So when when my daughter, um, she just joined soccer, but last year, for for most of high school that she's been in, um, she didn't want to do any sports. And I was like, great. I mean, I just never felt – it was a little bit selfish, like one less thing for me to worry about. But, <laughs> but I never pushed – I was never one of those that, that pushed it. Um, our summers are super unstructured. So we have a little um, – we have a little – a uh, place on the lake up north, like mm-hmm. two hours from our home where my husband grew up. And his parents are on the same lake, and we have a little place there. And I don't want anyone to have any activities in the summer, so we can just kind of go there. And that is really a no-tech zone because the the Internet's kind of spotty there. Perfect. It's perfect. And they get up, and they log roll in the morning, and they get on the boat, and they, they play in the sand, and – there's just no schedule, and I think that's what's missing in life, in American know. life. I really do. I live for Wisconsin summers. Hearing you say this, you are one of the very few people that I know. I don't keep a schedule either because I'm mm-hmm. just not a scheduled yeah. person. And also it's a little selfish. Like, no, we got to do that now. So I'm not – I can't honor this 11 o'clock nap because we have to be somewhere, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, totally. So – but uh, almost everybody I know has a schedule and they think that I'm nuts for not keeping a schedule with my kids. My kids are very active. We're in tons yeah. of things. But, yeah. you know, it's not – like I don't do Saturday morning. That's my husband's job. I'm like if you want an you. activity on a Saturday morning – I'm with you, you 100%. Because I do Monday through Friday. I think that's really, really smart. Well, and I see all the parents that are like going to, you know, away travel, soccer, or whatever, and yeah. their Saturdays and Sundays are gone. I know. And that's hard. I think, I think we need to, as a culture, um, really kind of be more, be more deliberate and more thoughtful about what family life is and not give into all the pressure. I mean, there's sort of like, sometimes it made me feel like, am I a bad mom? Because we're like just having pancakes on Saturday, (laughs) you know, and everybody else has, you know, all these fancy activities to do. You know, first of all, when you have a lot of kids, Lauren, it's, it gets expensive. So I've always had to just, it gets busy and it gets expensive to do a lot of activities. So it's like, okay, you get one thing. Pick it wisely. That's Do right. you find that you're a mommy mentor to a lot of people? Um, I have noticed that a lot, of, especially women who are having babies, tend to ask me for um, advice. How does that make you feel? I love it. I love it because I, I just feel like, you know, I was like I said, I was so blessed to have people kind of help me out and and. Um, and what's interesting is I keep having babies that, like, I can't – it's like my advice has not aged, you know? Like, I, I just had one two years ago. So. Is there going to be a number nine in your world? I think so. Oh, wow. I hope so. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited for you. One more for the road. That'll be the last. I'm definitely long in the tooth. You might so. as well just, just go for 10. Just go for double digits at this point. You know, my husband is one of 11. Is he? Yeah, he's number, that- he's number 10 of 11. And how many are on? Oh, four. I thought I was a big family growing up until I met the Duffies. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I know one, I know two people who have four kids. And in both cases, it's because of twins. Okay. Oh, really? So they okay. never wanted four. So okay. it's like an, a they mistake just of got four. It, yeah. Wow. So you're going for number nine. Twins sounds hard to me. Twin sounds really tough. Yeah, we can explore that at yeah. a whole other point. <laughs> twins, you say twins in my mind just goes, whoa. Twins run in my go. family. It's, it's oh, been one they? of my... Fear would be a strong word, but 
Oh, no, I get that. Whenever I got pregnant, my husband wanted the ultrasound just to make sure there were two <laughs> heartbeats. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't I, any, you know, mushy reason just, other than that. It's just a whole different thing. Yeah, it is. Um, I had a – let me just run through these topics. I wanted so, I had to ask you so many different things. Sure. Um, I just – I feel like toys aren't big in your household. I mean, they're there, but not – no. I can't wait to get rid we'll of them. go with your sons. Like I said, the 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 little one um, plays with Barbie, <laughs> and he loves to play kitchen. I have like a little kitchen set, and they're always like making making meals, and they make little signs for they name their restaurant, and they tape it on the walls, and you know they're kind of funny like that. No, like trucks or those. Now they he got he's got dinosaurs. He'll bring up stuff, but I mean he's like, you know, he's almost three. Okay, but not not. No, it's not like is a, he banging everything. I feel like I've seen a different. Like my daughter's really neat, and like you know everything's pretty, and she'll put stickers on furniture. And then I yell at her, and she's like, "But it's beautiful, mommy." Yeah, and my oh, son, so he's cute. only one, but like he has his hammer and like just bang. <laughs> and I'm a neat freak, so I'm constantly like you know examining I'm a the wall freak too. I'm a to- you know what? I need that order in my house. So I'm I'm a big stickler about picking up, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a tough mom. At home, like I, I, I want order. Everyone has to make their rooms. Everyone has to do their beds. I'm kind of tough. Like and if that. they don't, they get in trouble. What's trouble? I can t- I take phones away, or or I just say you're not leaving the room until it's done. No, that's a good point. Punishments that are effective versus not effective. Yeah. Does it depend on the kid? Well, you have to know your kid's currency, right? You have to yeah. know what matters to them. And then that's what you take away. So if you have a kid who doesn't care about the phone, taking away his phone's not going to matter. Right. So no, it affects your kid. See, but here's the flip side to that. I know my kid's currency. I take it away. She tortures me until until she gets it you back. You can't give in, Lauren. And I don't. I'm actually pretty good at good. that. But the headache that I have I as a result of being tortured until whatever my thing is, when daddy comes home, he'll make the decision if you can have it back or tomorrow morning. The torture that I get until that time yeah. frame is over isn't worth it. But she'll figure out that it's not going to work. When she figures out that torturing you and nagging you isn't going to work, she'll stop. You disciplinarian? I am. Do your kids fear you? Someone once told me you want your kids to be scared of you. And I try it. I try with like my mean voice and like I raise my hand a little bit and I get mean, but they kind of don't take me seriously, (laughs) which makes me even more mad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm Latina, so I'm definitely a yeller um, when I get upset. So there's no question about that. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I really am a very, very strong believer in chores. Mm -hmm. And there was actually a study, Lauren, that showed that the more chores kids had, the less whiny they were. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, first of all, it's a necessity in my house. I mean, if I had to do everything myself. You can't make beds and yours nine. Yeah. Or, and I mean, my kids, like if they walk into the kitchen and they see me, they want to they try and turn around because they know I'm going to go empty the dishwasher because I have two dishwashers and always one needs to be emptied at some point or of another. Course. So I have to delegate to get um, – because if not, I'll kill myself. You know, like it's, I'll exhaust myself to death. There's just so much to do. So I, I am if – you, if you were like a little, a little bird in my house just observing, you would see that I am a master delegator and everyone has to cooperate. But I do think – that that creates that's there's a lot of you know problems and issues that come with big families but i think one of the beautiful things about a really big family is that by necessity you have cooperation family cooperation teamwork 
and you have you raise kids that don't think they're the center of the universe. You said that to me once. Yep, they they don't think they're and and I have had teachers say to me that they can tell that my kids come from a big family because they see my kids um, sort of anticipating what needs to happen in a classroom or with somebody. Like they they just kind of know, and they're used to being told to you know help out. They You're have, like that though. Anytime I talk to you, I always get that vibe. Like you you truly care about other people. Oh, you're so sweet. Which is not necessarily what you see in the television world a lot. It's more of a big personality kind of universe, you know? Maybe it's because I live in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a little town. I shop at Walmart. <laughs> I shop at Walmart I love too. Walmart. <laughs> I'm a Walmart fan. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, and congratulations on the podcast. Lots yes. of success. I'd love to come back whenever you want, want to have me back. come back when uh, we're doing baby number nine. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can talk about how, you know, the amount of coffee you drink and eating, you know, a piece of salami doesn't matter in your ninth pregnancy. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I hope I, – well, let's do a show on how to get baby body back because you've done it, girl. <laughs> you have done You're it. You're sweet. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.